We have uh, a brother that's going to speak to us today, my friend, your friend, our brother in Christ. And here he is. He says he's really ready, and this is an interesting title. So you really want to listen up. It says, so, who do you believe? Mr. Ken Barton. Yeah, I've been coming here since, what, 1999, you know, but Sunday school. They knew what I meant. Oh, yeah, Sabbath school. You're here. Good. We were missing you earlier. <clears throat> there was a, a class that was given a lesson on owls, first grade teacher. So she asked the class to draw a picture how the birds swoop down to get their prey for dinner. One little girl presented her drawing of an owl. And its wings were neatly folded, its eyes closed, and a dead mouse laid nearby. When asked about it, she said, well, it's just like you said. The owl swoops down and then prays before dinner. Kids catch on sometimes. So I guess you can hear me. This is working, right? Good. I turned my ear down. So. <clears throat> so who do you believe? Or, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? That would be Luke 6, 46, if you're keeping track. Actually, the title could probably be, Do You Believe in God? Or do you believe in a God? There's difference, you know. There are many who say that they believe there's a God or some God. But sadly, they're not really interested in determining what is true, and that's a shame. So let me state, for the record, that I believe in Jehovah God, the supreme and almighty God. I believe in the Messiah, Jesus. He's also called the Christ, the difference being Messiah is a Hebrew word and Christ is Greek, and they both mean the anointed one. I believe God and I believe Jesus. There's no difference between them. So when I say I believe God, that's what I mean. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in verse 7, if you had known me, you would have known my father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. I've shared this before, but I'll gladly share it again. I was healed from grand mal epilepsy when I was about five years old. <clears throat> After being anointed and prayed over at Calvary Temple Church in Oakland, California, it was immediate, in my opinion, because I've never had another episode. and I was having them on a regular basis before that. I also claim healing from COVID pneumonia about two years ago. I believe in God, and I believe in the power of God. Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power, 
and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. His words are, are ab, I'm sorry, his words are everlasting, absolute truth that we must absolutely believe. And why is that? Because anything else will bring his judgment upon us. There are nine verses in the Bible where God tells us that he is a jealous God. And I've got them listed at the end here. If I still have time, I'll read them. <coughs> but I'll, right now I want to read Exodus 34, 10 through 17. And he said, Behold, I make a covenant. <clears throat> Before all your people I will do marvelous marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. This is God talking to Moses. <clears throat> Nor in any nation and all the people among you whom you shall see the work of the Lord. I guess he's actually talking to all the, all the people out there in the wilderness on their way to being a new nation. haven't been done in all the earth nor in any nation and all the people among you, among whom you shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Observe what I command you this day. Behold, I am driving out from before you the Amorite, Canaanite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusites. You could have just said all the ites if they're named ite. You know. <laughs> Take heed to yourself lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. But you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images. For, those, for you shall worship no other god, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land that they play the harlot with their gods and make sacrifice to their gods, and one of them invites you, and you eat of the sacrifice, and you take of his daughters for your sons, and his daughters play the harlot with their gods, and make your sons play the harlot with their gods. And you take, us uh, see, you shall make no molded gods for yourself. You probably realize already that God told these things to Moses right after Moses came back up to meet with him, after going down from the mountaintop and finding the Israelites worshiping a molten golden calf that his brother Aaron had made. Our believing God is essential to our being successful in service to him. Moses and God were so close that God spoke with him as to a friend. In 33, 7 through 11, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle for meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to, tabernacle, to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. So it was, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, all the people rose. Each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle 
that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar of, God, of cloud standing at the tabernacle door and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So we must always realize and believe that God is God, that he requires that we always believe him. This was a very hard lesson learned by God's friend Moses. When they were in Kadesh, there was no water, so the people did their usual thing. They whined and complained to Moses and Aaron. And Numbers 20, 3 through 11 And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we died when our brethren died before the Lord. Am I getting the sound right? I I shouldn't do that, actually, but it kind of irks me sometimes. They get whiny. Of course, I probably irk God when I get whiny. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness that we and our animals should die here? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, nor is there any water to drink. So Moses, and and that's references to the, the spies that went throughout the land and they came back and told them all this wonderful stuff, okay? Now, I'm gonna take an aside just for a second. Why weren't they in that place? Anybody remember? Because when the spies came back, I believe there were 12 spies, right? 10 of them said, oh, man, we, mm, there are giants there. We're not even a grasshopper in their sight. They'll kill us. Two of them said, Lord's with us. We can do it. So who'd they go with? They didn't go with the two. So God says, None of you that are uh, 20 over or 40 over, 40. I knew there was a 40 in there. You ain't going. And so they spent 40 years in the wilderness until they all died. That's why they were there. Moses didn't point that out to him. So Moses and Aaron went from the, president, uh, from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting, and they fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock, and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded them. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly before the rock. And he said to them, Here now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Must we bring water? Anyway, then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Anybody notice something not quite right about that deal? <clears throat> a couple of things, actually. Moses says, 
Here now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? So we, anyway. Then Moses struck the rock twice before the water came out. Something like this had happened earlier, hadn't it? And here's how that went. So Moses cried out to the people saying, this is in uh, Exodus 17, starting at verse 4 and going through 7. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take with you some elders of Israel. Take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massah and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Did you notice the difference between those two? The first time, God had told Moses to strike the rock with the rod that he had parted the waters of the river with and use that rod to bring water out of the rock by striking it. This time, though, I think God was, again, building Moses' stature, but he wanted people to realize that he, God, was the true power behind Moses. So he told Moses to speak to the rock, and it would yield water. That would have been awesome, don't you think? I mean, can't you hear the conversation? Dude, he just told the rock to give up its water, and it did. They probably didn't use dude back then, but hey, you guys can accept that he didn't do that. Perhaps this is why. If you'll recall, Moses wasn't very secure in his own speaking abilities, was he? This insecurity came up the first time when he was speaking with God at the burning bush when God told Moses that he'd be the voice of God to the Israelites and to Pharaoh. And in Exodus 4.1, he said, Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my words. <clears throat> suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. That's when God taught Moses to turn the rod into a snake move. Well, apparently Moses, again, didn't believe God and decided to do things his own way and use the rock to uh, rod to strike the rock again. In fact, he had to hit it twice, didn't he? Hmm. Wonder why. Here's my thought on that. God gave Moses a chance to have an aha moment so that after that first hit, when nothing came out, he could say, oops, I'm not supposed to do it this way. And he would speak to the rock and it would flow, right? God gave him a chance. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, and he hit it again, brought forth the water. So while the people were and the animals were drinking, God had a visit with Moses and Aaron. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. This is number 12. <clears throat> spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. That should be a wake-up moment to every one of us. God is holy, H-O-L-Y. Our relationship must be within his framework. 
this is how it is explained in the Old Testament. Leviticus 11, 44 and 45. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth, for I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. And here's how Peter explains it. 1 Peter 1, 13, <clears throat> yeah, 13 and 14. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm mixing my papers up on me. <laughs> In your ignorance. <clears throat> and continue on fifteen through seventeen. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. We need to be absolute in our beliefs. We need to seek God and strive to be living for him. I believe God and I believe this. In 1 John 2, 16 and 17, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he, he do, who does the will of God abides forever. That's a difference I can live with. Now, here's some of those, if you guys are taking notes and you want to look them up. And I'm just going to, Exodus 20, verse 5, and I'm just going to read the important part. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Exodus 34, verse 14, For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Deuteronomy 4, 24, For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Deuteronomy 5, 9, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Deuteronomy 6, 15, For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. Joshua 24, 19, for he is a holy God, he is a jealous God. Ezekiel 39.25 I will be jealous for my holy name. Nahum verse one, uh, chapter 1 verse 2 God is jealous and the Lord avenges. And then 2 uh, Corinthians 11.2 for I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. So the main thing here that we need to remember is God means it when he tells us 
we need to believe him. God means it when he tells us he is the only God we are to have. And if we do, think of the difference that'll make. We'll be there. 